listening to How I See It, hosted by Han. You guessed it, that's me. I am here to motivate and inspire you with guests from all different industries and backgrounds. So get ready for personal stories of success, of growth, full of highs and lows, and of course, unapologetic realness. This is How I See It. Chaotic right now. <laughs> all of us. Everyone take a deep and cleansing breath. Yeah, I know. Ready? This is going to be such a good conversation. Yeah, we I'm can. excited. Yeah, okay, Gabby, you like Gabby, right? Yeah. Okay, Meadow, Meadow, not Med or O. You know what's funny? <laughs> yeah, maybe Med, Mead. People, I get that sometimes. But even Meadow is a nickname, so. Yeah, her name's Meadow. That would be weird. Yeah. Like if someone was like Mead. Mead. I'd be like, no. It's, it's usually Med, I feel like. I've never called you that a day in my life. Mason calls me Med only. Med? Med. Dude, I go by Han just because yeah. I hate my name Hannah. Like, Why? Why? It doesn't encompass me. It's very okay, like fair. sweet girl. Mm. Not that I'm not sweet, but no, I'm just, I, do I don't like give Han off the you. like innocent vibe-ish. Yeah. 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 So I always started going by Han, but people will call me Han all the time oh. and it's really weird. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. Han Solo. I'm yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. in Pilates, she'll be like, push Han. I'm like... <laughs> Uh, but I love that. I'm like, I don't want to correct them it's though, because I like feel. I yeah, don't know. I'm just like, I guess I'm Han in Pilates. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of even gnarlier though. That could be your Pilates alter ego, right? Like it really gets you in the zone, ego. you know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm so happy you guys are here. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming us. on. Yeah. I absolutely love your podcast. Thank I like started like dabbling Thanks. and listening, and you guys are just you're cool girls. I'm Thank so you. So excited to have you. If you guys don't know, Gabby and Meadow, mm -hmm. they have their own podcast called Thoughts May Vary. Gabby is a writer. She's mm -hmm. been featured in Art Digest, New York Times. What else? Birdie. Oh gosh, she's 29. She's not even looking at a paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's I stalked not you. At a paper. I stalked you. Wow. <laughs> I think it's so freaking cool. Thanks. And then Meadow is a coach and consultant, mental yep. health. She has helped out the Mayfair group, yep. Lonely Ghost. What else have you done? I'm not like, happy. Yeah. You guys' jobs are so cool. I feel like the podcast is completely separate so you need to like yeah. get into exactly like your guys' stories of where you started and what you kind of do and what you've done just spill I come from a family riddled with mental health issues so my whole life it was like it was going to be psychology or bust like was I kind it, of always was it that. you dealing with mental health no, or your, your everyone family? else in my family okay I'm like the odd one out by wow. being normal which is like <laughs> I use that in quotes because I always I'm not. do that right. and I got I got anxiety later on down the road just when I was younger that's my, so funny you all say my that. siblings <laughs> because whenever I talk to my therapist I'm like I just want to be normal right I want to think normal no. the normal in normal. quotes and you're like there is none right <laughs> yeah. that's the big joke on all of us yeah. but so I always knew I'd go into mental health work and I studied psychology I did a lot of just like nonprofit social work kind of roles for a long time and then summer of 2019 got connected to Mad Happy and they had just started. I kind of like wrote a one-off blog piece for them or like a two or three. Love that. And then we kind of got into more conversation around if they really wanted to be a champion for mental health, having someone that comes from that field there to make yeah. sure everything's trauma-informed and, you know, safe to say and grounded in psychological research and all that jazz. And from there, I just kind of fell into consulting. And I kind of always knew I wanted to bring mental health online and make it cool but I had no, like I had started and stopped like five different blogs. You know wow. what I mean? Like it throughout college, like I never knew what it was going to be. So I started consulting and in that mad happy job, one of the co-founders at the time said, oh, we have someone coming on to the blog. I went to college with them. They're a writer. Like just get on a call with her. You guys will get along. And then Twice in comes me. this one. Oh, I love that. We spoke for three hours and fell in love. Yeah. And it was at a crazy time because we spoke in February of 2020. Yeah. Wow. So literally a month before. Yeah everything changed and that was funny because at that point in my life I was working as the assistant editor-in-chief at Architectural Digest so cool I was living in New York and for me that was like that was my working at Condé Nast which for people listening Condé Nast is a publishing house that basically owns like every magazine yeah. you know and love from so Vogue cool. to AD to Teen Vogue everything um that was always like my dream from when I was little I was like the 12 year old that knew what Condé Nast was and was like <laughs> yeah I, I love that like my mom, she was, my mom yeah. says that when I saw Devil Wears Prada for the first time that I was watching it with her and I was like, I want to be her. And she thought I was talking about Anne Hathaway's character, which is what I basically <laughs> ended up being. Yeah. But I was like, no, no, her. And I like pointed at Meryl Street. Street. Like, I, I love was like, that. I, I will be the, the nice next Anna, Anna Wintour. Wintour. Like that yeah. is what I wanted. I was like, I will be an editor in chief. I don't know where that came from. I think 
I was just I'm a Taurus I love pretty things and then that combined with whether or not I knew it like I was such a dear diary kid and I was always writing and I would write these like every time I went through something it was like this diatribe would just come out of me ever since I was really little and I would print them out and I would put it in a box and I still have them in my mom's that's amazing and it was my way of healing and then when I connected the dots that people did that for a living I was like oh it's this or bust because it kind of also felt like it was the only thing I was good at like I really felt that it was your passion Mm -hmm. and so I just hyper fixated as the podcast listeners know I like hyper fixate on one thing for a while that's what I that was like my hyper fixation and then I just worked and interned and just like that was the goal and then I got that job for me it was more of the experience of what that job would bring because I was assisting the editor-in-chief. She founded Teen Vogue. Like, for anyone that watched The Hills, like, Amy Astley, we all know who she is. Like, an icon living. And I was like, okay, I can be behind this person and I can be a sponge and, like, learn everything. And I got so lucky that she's an incredible boss and an incredible mentor. But in that job, I knew that homes and decor and all of it, as much as I love it, it wasn't what I wanted to be writing about. And every time yeah. I was assigned a story, I was always trying to find the human piece behind it. Like yeah. I was like, okay, but what do they actually like love? What's their passion? Do they talk about mental health? What's their family story? Like, why did they get that piece? Why did they hold on? It wasn't like, here's a paint color that's going to like change yeah. your life. You wanted to like make it metaphorical. And, like, yeah, bring in, like- always. And I think I was just a dramatic kid and that's yeah. always moved into my writing. And when before it was like I thought it had to be fashion because that's what we saw was like cool yeah mm-hmm. and then I was like okay but this doesn't feel right for me and I don't feel like as in the know of in the same way that other people in the fashion industry are and it didn't spark joy in the way that I like needed it to so I was I knew that writing was it but I didn't know what my through line was yeah even though like I, I knew but I couldn't verbalize it and then fast forward I'm in my second year at the job and I get a call from a friend and who had started Mad Happy while we were in school. And he was like, do you want to write for the blog? And I had never talked about my mental health publicly. I had gone to the Hoffman process or the Hoffman Institute. Um, Do you know Hoffman? Do you know Hoffman? You got to talk about it. (laughs) Sorry, this is a long-winded answer. I love it. (laughs) So the Hoffman process, I kind of call it like therapy camp, basically. It's a week-long retreat where... You don't have a phone. You can't read books. There's like no distractions. And the whole point of it is to essentially rewire your neural pathways. I but love dealing that. with and looking at your patterns that you either like adopted and completely mimicked or rejected from childhood. So it's really looking at your caretakers, whether that's mom, dad, or whoever was taking care of you. Yeah. And every celebrity in the world is on. No, it's, it's, it's I didn't know this. So yeah. growing up, I knew about Hoffman because my dad went when my parents got divorced when I was like six and my mom went when I was like 17. Where is it? They have one on the East Two. Coast and on the West Coast and then they have them all around the world, which I actually didn't know. The one wow. here is like Bay Area, I think. The one that I went to was near Napa, but it actually burned down like three years ago. So I don't know where they have the new one. But I it's think somewhere it's still in California. Yeah. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. So is it like just talking and also brain scans and that kind of stuff? No. Or so it's when I say rewiring neural pathways, it's it's they call it experiential therapy which I had never heard of I was very much like I'd only done talk therapy once when it was like court mandated when my parents got divorced and I Uh was like seven and like played Uno with her and she was like great she's not gonna like (laughs) kill a bunny like she's fine right so I'd never really done it um but I will caveat to say that like I always knew about it growing up but it was sort of always love you mom uses like a punishment thing where it was like if I was having like going through a time she's like you got to go to Hoffman so I was like oh it's like the loony bin is like what I identified Mm -hmm. it with and then when I was graduating from college I was going through a really hard time and like I looked at my mom and I was like have you gotten my graduation gift yet and she was like no and I'm like sobbing at the dinner table like the night of my graduation (laughs) and I was like can can I go to Hoffman and she was like oh my god I've been waiting my whole life so I was 22 and I went right before I moved to New York to start my job search and then got that job but to answer your question experiential therapy the way that they use it is a lot of guided meditations visualizations 
um, prompted exercises. Yeah, I was going to say exercises. So, like, yeah. I never like to give things away, but sort of one of, like, the well-known things is, like, you, like, beat the shit out of a pillow with a bat with, like, your patterns written on little, like, no cards. Oh, I love that. Like, that type of shit. Yeah, that exactly. Stuff. exactly. And, like, serious guided meditations that I'd never really done before. And um, you're basically replacing patterns with new behaviors that are aligned with your authentic wow. self. So you're not really living on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So I could talk about it for literally ever, but the point is that my friend and co-founder of Mad Happy asked me if I would talk about that and just my mental health experience. I don't even remember if he knew that I'd gone or just talking no, about I my mental health experience. No, I think just writing. Yeah, and yeah. that's what and the piece was about. So then I wrote about, I got connected with Meadow. We like fell in love on the phone, talked for three hours. Instantly. Love Instantly. that. Instantly. I wrote that piece. And in that moment, I swear on everything everything in my brain clicked in the most calm, cool, and collected way where I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be talking about. If you know me, you know I'm a very anxious girl that like when I make decisions, I I, I overwhelm myself and I panic and I like- mm-hmm. Second guess. I second guess and I don't, I suffocate Yeah, because I want to make the right choice. Mm-hmm. And I think within the pandemic hit and by May, I was like, I'm leaving this job. Like the wow. job that yeah. was my dream company. Yeah. I was like, the stories that I want to tell are not going to happen here. Um, maybe they will one day when I'm in a higher role, but you know, what's cool about that too. I genuinely thought NAMI was my dream job, my last social work job before doing this. Like we both thought Mm -hmm. that we had achieved the dream Mm -hmm. and got there and was like, Nope, that's not it. What is it? I love that. I love that you said that too, because I was going to ask you, like, was that pivot hard considering like your dream was something for so long? Like, was there a little bit of heartbreak there or what did it feel so right that you were just like, I can't even I don't care anymore. It felt right enough that I left because like I said, like I don't like letting people down, especially people and mentors who like, like when I went into that job interview, by the time I got to Amy, I had already interviewed with like three people. So with her, it was just like a personality fit. Yeah. And I remember her being like, what's your dream? And I was like, you, like I want to be sitting on the other side of this desk. Like that's what I wanted. So there was a lot of heartbreak that to be super honest, I'm still grappling with. The idea of, like, you can always go back exists in my brain. Mm -hmm. Also, just the changing media landscape has, like, calmed me down a lot. But, yeah, that was really tough for me. It was really – I was really scared to tell my mom Mm -hmm. because she's an entrepreneur and both my parents are Cuban immigrants that built everything from the ground up. Like, I just grew up looking at my mom seeing what she built. And I I knew that she'd be proud of the entrepreneurial, like, streak in me but also was, like – this is really hard to explain yeah. because I, didn't kn- I mm-hmm. knew that I wanted mm-hmm. to freelance, right? And I knew I wanted to tell these stories and I knew I wanted something with the podcast, but like where my career is now three years later from when I went freelance is so much clearer, obviously, yeah. thank God. But it, it was really hard to sit on a Zoom because we weren't in person yeah, and sit in a room of a bunch of people who all thought I was going to go work at Vogue when I left and be like, I'm actually going freelance. And they're like, amazing you're like wait we're never <laughs> right. gonna hear from this girl again yeah right right yeah they're my, like looking yeah. at you like you're crazy my yeah. boss was so supportive like so supportive to this day but yeah it was it's not an easy choice. dude it's crazy you like are telling this story and like the way that the our podcast recording lined up because i literally i talked about it in my solo episode that went live this week i had like a spiral little little moment mm. the last couple weeks about just like what I was doing, I think things mm. haven't been moving the way I thought they would. Mm. Like last year was such a high and like everything was going mm. so well. And not that things aren't this year, but I'm just that person that has such high expectations on themselves. Yeah. So many goals, so many steps. I'm like point A to B, B to C. And the like, timeline needs to fall as you see it. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we are, how we hands that. easy. We, we are the same. Yeah. No, but like I feel like I, my dad was talking to me. He's like, you need to, I'm not saying that your career isn't going to work out. Like you feel like this is your passion and dream and like you are determined like you're going to be successful no matter what and I like love him for saying that but like Mm -hmm. he was like you need to be okay with the fact that like things pivot and move yeah yeah and you need to be okay with yourself enough to not like freak out cry have anxiety about losing something that you see so clearly now is your dream when there's something down the line that is so ready and waiting for you yeah so whether it's this or like what you're doing now it's just so crazy that Mm. that was your dream and now you're living your dream still in like a different capacity and yet you're content well we talk about this a lot yeah we do the idea i know i'll speak for myself i get really attached to the story of something and Mm -hmm. i get really attached to a future that 
does not exist that I've created in my brain. And so I wonder if it was like that for you that you just got really, you might've painted a picture of what your life would look like. Totally. And then when we can't see it clearly anymore or it, we try and course correct it's so difficult because we want you want to mourn what you saw for yourself it's like yeah, letting totally. go of the future you saw for yourself totally. and yeah. it's funny because it's like it's i it's not even like gone yet but i'm like no, even thinking totally. about it being gone i'm like Scary. devastated so that's why when you bring that up i'm like this is really cool that this yeah. conversation is happening because i really want to work on that like that part of like my self-worth because yes. it's like yeah. i need to be okay yeah. like no matter what it's okay if things pivot it's okay if things move and it usually works out and way. it actually shows you value yourself more, yes. right? Because yes. you're like willing to meet yourself or, or we, it's a manifestation thing that we say all the time. Like, I hope everyone gets their dream because you'll realize how quickly it doesn't align with who you actually are. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And like, no, sometimes totally. you have to get there to be like, oh shit, actually this isn't it. Right. Well, yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm emotionally aware enough to know that like, I'm just super controlling and that's based sure. on my childhood trauma and just like yeah. the environment I had to yeah. grow up in. But I think being able to relinquish and let God, yeah. the universe, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, like. I'm a person of faith. Like I know that like my life is like planned out or like totally. I, I don't have control, but still it's you hard to create n- though. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You still have, you mm. still make decisions. You still totally. choose your path, totally. but it's just funny. Cause we get ourselves in these like little spirals of like, what am I doing? What's going on? I have no idea who I it am. It feels deep though. Like they could be little, but it's like, they're like, I literally last month was in the deepest, darkest hole that I had not been in. Yeah. In, years where I yeah I I'm such a faith-based person in the sense of just trusting the universe I think that Meadow and I both like synchronicities like coincidence like yeah it just, it's always we're happening. very spiritual we're very spiritual and I've I'm I've never felt more in tune we're like things happen and I'm like god the veil is so thin and I literally exactly. like, talk a lot I'm like we talk about all the time I see you like yeah. thank you dude that's how I am too I'll be like yeah. I see you god yeah I know it yeah yeah well even I was talking on my episode I literally it was like one thing wrong after the other like one thing wrong one thing wrong and I literally stopped like I got locked out of my apartment I laid oh. on the hallway outside my yeah. my door and I was like okay I'm listening I hear that. <laughs> what, what do you want they're just yeah. trying to get you to stop yeah and yeah. pay attention yeah. and Listen, be like hold be still. on be still but yeah it's like I went through that where literally my faith was wrecked. Yeah. yeah. Wrecked. And then it's it's hard to be able to hear your intuition. And then when you're in that fear-based space, because that's something that I was really learning this year, is like I'm very controlling too. And control is super attached. Or f- yeah, control is super attached to fear. When everything's going great, we're like, oh my God, universe, you've got me. And then the minute that shit starts hitting the fan, we're like, oh, this doesn't exist. Yeah. Like I'm on my own. Yeah. I need to create it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, how am I going to do it? It's like you're moving. You're just staring at a boulder that you're trying yes. to Yes. I thought I had like, and I, I have a long history with anxiety and depression, but I really don't. And like I told you in our little meeting before, I don't claim those things anymore yeah. because yeah. of like just how much work I've put in. Yeah. But it was the first time in like years, like two weeks ago where I like felt anxious. Yeah. And I was like, yeah like really badly, like spirally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, almost had anxiety that that was happening. Exactly. That's how it happened. I was yeah. like, oh, I don't yeah. want to backtrack. Yeah. I don't want to backtrack. But yeah. then I realized and I took a step back and I feel like for whoever's listening and has maybe a similar story, like you, you're not backtracking because it's of not the linear. work you've done. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you, exactly. You come from a different place now facing these things. Didn't I just say that to you? You're going to move into a new space with a different perspective? Yeah, you move differently. Yeah, you're going to move expand differently. Expand on that. That yeah. was prophetic. Meadow has so many bars for us. Well, I was going to say, my other bar about this very situation is because I do feel like I'm kind of the opposite of the two of you in this regard. Where, like, my absolute superpower is pivoting. Like, I I've been that. through some childhood trauma that yeah. was so monumental so early that I it's literally gonna be the title of my book like my superpower is choosing the or that's how I call it so it's either I could go into this depression go into this anxiety go into this whole or I don't know what the fuck or looks like but that's what I'm choosing yeah that's so you know what I mean and I don't have to know I don't have to know what it is but I know I'm not gonna do this so what can I play with what can I experiment with what habits do I need to start like who do I need to start reaching out to to just move the other way and yeah. it's been my superpower my whole life. Granted, because I just did this exercise where you write down the chapters of your life mm-hmm. and kind of monumental stuff about them. And it, it really laid out on a piece of paper clearly. I had to get to my own version of a rock bottom to choose the ore and switch and take yeah. myself out of an environment. But I, I can defi- definitively see that happen 
at minimum three times in my life in a huge way. And when you lay them out, like yeah. if you do an exercise like that yeah. and lay it out, it makes you feel like a superwoman. Like it's like, yeah. oh shit, well, look, also, look at me move myself. It makes right? you feel like a little less crazy too. Yes. If it, Cause yeah. mm-hmm. my therapist literally was like, oh, well you're telling me about this, but five years earlier, do you remember you said that this happened to you? And I'm like, Oh, bitch is listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's meadow for oh, me. God. I'm like, oh, yeah. she's You're listening. Like, Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I love that you said that because I, I feel like I know this, what you're saying, but I yeah. need to do a better job of applying it everywhere. Like every yeah. aspect, because it's a muscle. You know, I'll listen to people where they're like, I'm depressed. I have anxiety and not, I don't want to invalidate that. But like, I'm like, you can choose to not want to be there right now. Like, I know that it's hard. I know that you're struggling. I know that there's different levels of what we're all going through. Right. And I know that that journey can be really hard too, because I was there, but I feel like there's a mindset shift that needs to happen where it's like, you know what? I can't do anything about this and I can either choose to get up and try mm-hmm. my best to push to something better or stay where I am. And like where I am is the worst. So I might mm-hmm. as well just try to keep pushing. And it's interesting, right? Cause I feel like I've definitely been in a place before where I couldn't choose the or without being on anti-anxiety meds. Totally. Like I had to get myself yeah. to a threshold, to a bar to be like, okay, now I can make that choice. So I, I know it depends. And it's, it's interesting. Cause we talk about things like body image issues or uh-huh. like feeling cool on the internet where mm-hmm. like, I literally woke up one day, granted I've done years and years of work and been in therapy since I was 17, but I truly woke up one day and was like, I'm done being at war with my body. I'm not doing it anymore. I didn't I even wear, I didn't that. wear shorts in high school all four years. Cause I wouldn't show my legs in front of other people. Like I had, you know, eating disorder the whole nine. And I truly woke up and was like, I'm done. And we went to Miami and made her take a bunch of photos of me in a bikini. And I posted them. I was like, that's and it. it rubs like, I'm off not on, war on people around you. Yes. But I like what you, the, the distinction that Meadow made too of like, Choosing the or can look very different where it could literally look like today I'm choosing to get in the shower. Exactly. Exactly. Like that's, that's my or today. Yes. It looks different depending on the issue, but the or can, is just a step better. Yeah. Just one step better. One Mm -hmm. step of effort. I think like we talk about this a lot of just, I think for me, at least like the goal of what we're doing with the podcast and just having these conversations in general, I just want to empower other people to find and create the support system that feels good for them around them, whether it's traditional therapy, whether it's trauma therapy, whether it's coaching, whether it's finding, you know, podcasts that you love, whether Mm -hmm. it's to be magnetic or journaling or just being able to tap into your intuition. And sometimes you can't, and that's why, because things are going on and you need that, that serious support system around you, but being able to get to a place where you hear yourself really clearly and you can you can know when you need to move mm-hmm. you can know when you need to pivot you can know when you need to choose the or like that for me is the point the point is to be able to and that's why I love I just started working with a new coach and she was trained by these two psychotherapists I'm sure like everyone listening has seen the documentary Stutz and yeah so yeah. Phil Stutz and his co-author Barry Michaels wrote a book the tools that like we're in love with them yeah yeah and I'm currently working with the tools coach and what I love about it is that their mindset is very much like we don't want you to need us forever exactly like I don't hold the answers I can guide you but like you have your own answers and that's why Hoffman resonated so much with me was because I walked in to that place and I swear to god I was like tell me what to do like here's what's going on what door do I choose and the guy was like that's adorable like (laughs) nobody so cute you think we're gonna tell you not one person gave me an answer that whole time that I was there other than myself and the biggest gift that I had leaving Hoffman was I heard myself think clearly for the first time I was 22 in 22 years like oh my god I never heard my voice so I was I felt so misunderstood I would ask everybody before I like fucking bought a pair of jeans, like I couldn't make a decision about my own life. I think that there's this really weird misconception that like you go to therapy and you just get better Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. they, like they're the ones that have the power Mm -hmm. and not you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things I realized is that like, I am more than capable. Mm -hmm. I'm more than capable. It was something that I never thought I had a problem with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the more work I put in, the more I realized like, wow, like I am like really putting in work because I care. And I think that speaks to like, you have to be ready to, like Mm -hmm. you have to be ready to take 
responsibility and like take the wheel of your own life right yeah. but I really learned that what exactly what you're saying is like I catch myself now where I can like immediately see like oh I'm doing a thing where I lean back into that old pattern like yep. you need to stop and I, I it's like almost like validating like mm-hmm. oh wow I feel really confident in the fact that I just mm-hmm. I just did that but that took three and a half years right of yeah. therapy and then I even like to your point called my therapist the other day and I was like I think I'm ready to start talking about this I realized that I'm cool. not I'm not pushing myself yeah. and like I've been haven't been like telling you certain things mm-hmm. and I really need to push myself there and she was like oh I've been waiting for you to say yeah, that oh my god I love that. and I was like love oh my her. god you knew and it was like it's just she's that. like oh it's cute you thought I didn't know right yeah. <laughs> I know Same with your, but it's like yeah. that validation of like yeah. oh wow like yeah. it's the powers within me not Always. not Always. them mm-hmm. they're just guiding me especially because mental health is so fucking I'm cussing so much on this I'm sorry I love it Can we cuss? No, okay yeah. so fucking individualized like yeah. at the way every person is going to show up or need help or what their support is going to be so different we always say you could have the exact same diagnoses and it will present itself vastly differently like Mm -hmm. it has to come from you because only you really know and how empowering is that like you don't if they would have given you the answers you would have never you would have left in the exact same place you would have started I've been watching this show I just stopped because I hate that all doctor shows I understand they have to do it for the plot but like all like Grey's Anatomy all these shows had to like then they got to a point where they have to cover COVID so I'm like that's when I stopped watching but there was a show on Netflix that it was some hospital show I think it's called New Amsterdam and I was binging it and there's this one doctor in it who there's a scene where there's a patient that comes into the emergency room and it's this woman and she can't she's like I'm dizzy and the guy's like okay well what do you feel she's like I'm dizzy and the ER woman that runs the ER is like trying to get him just like give her this like she told you what's wrong with her and he sat with her for like hours in the show basically being like not prompting her just being like no no like explain what that feels like and then was essentially able to get a diagnosis from finally sitting with her for three hours making her explain I feel dizzy but it wasn't that she was dizzy it was she felt xyz other thing that she thought presented as dizzy so it's the same sort of concept Mm. of like Mm. and that's you know sometimes uh, a different conversation but whatever but the point (laughs) is like yeah it's it's so individualized and like that's sometimes what I feel and what came up for me when you were speaking earlier about like issues with social media we talk about this mm. all the time is like self-diagnosis via tiktok oh and my all god of these things. it's yeah it's so dangerous and it's so you know it depends what extreme you're talking to because it's not like we have thoughts on like the planting the seed idea and things like that but yeah if like you're just giving people like here are the five hot topics of the week of things that could be mm-hmm. wrong with you like take your pick do you yeah. remember when attachment styles were big and I was like Gabby I don't want to hear it I was like and this I is was literally like, meta, what week- am I meta what am I I was yeah. like this is week two of psych 101 like no one fucking cares like yeah. yeah sure it can help explain a couple of things but like the way that pop culture has taken over psychology is yeah why well yeah, yeah I feel like everybody even like on a lower scale of like everybody has ADHD now or oh my gosh we've talked about that on the podcast like, it's, yeah it's I get exactly what you're talking about yeah. it's like almost like and I think you guys do a really good job of this it's like the intention may be good to like create a right. safe space to discuss but it ends up being harmful like, kind of harmful yeah, yeah. and also yeah. like we don't need to think so many like negative things about ourselves in that regard. Cause I feel like what happens is people like are like, well now I have ADHD and like, that's how I'm going to go about my day now. Like I, because, I have yeah. this. And so now mm-hmm. I can't do this. And like also kind of, I don't know, it, it puts down the people who actually have the issue. That's why like sometimes diagnoses, diagnoses are so liberating for people because it's like, oh my gosh, like that mm-hmm. put a name to my experience and now I know how to move forward. Yeah. And other times it boxes you in in a way that you don't need to be boxed in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it may not actually be your experience. Sometimes like we don't have to get down to the bottom of each thing. Exactly. Like, my sister exactly. says that to me yes. all the time. Yeah. Something will happen. I'm like, well, mom said that because this is, she's like, does it matter why she fucking said it? She said right. it like. Right. You know, yeah. I, I'm the same way. Like, or I like, need to dig. You have this issue, like, you know, you need to move forward. We don't need to go back into every year of your childhood of yeah. like, why, when, who? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just, you know, you're aware. Mm-hmm. Like, we've talked about it enough in recent contexts. Like, right. just push forward now. Like, we don't right. need to keep yeah. looking back. It's like you're you're holding on to the narrative by trying to dig around and find more evidence. Totally. You Which know, is, by you the way, what I like love about this coach that I'm working with now is like, because that is their mentality is like pushing forward. I like what you said about it's you're not constantly staring in the back and ruminating at the past it's like okay we have this yeah we can play with that I think it's there's such a beauty to 
understanding yourself and knowing where things come from and being able to identify it and know, you know, what inner child you're talking to, mm-hmm. but then also being able to be like, all right, cool. We've got this. Yeah. So what's the tool to move yeah, forward? Like, how are we moving yeah. forward? Because sometimes I feel like we kind of, I don't want to say waste, but like we take a little bit too much of our time, like maybe healing time, I'll call it like trying to pinpoint and like look back and relive all these memories, which is healthy in some capacity. But I think it's like, it's almost a staller. Mm-hmm. from like actually like stepping forward and being like okay I don't want to sit here anymore because something I had to really realize is like I'm holding on to this anger I'm holding on to these quote-unquote issues because I feel like it's the only thing validating them mm. and so if I let go it's like totally. who's gonna validate them totally like yeah. so like I'm the only one that's addressing that this happened or that mm. this is how this made me feel so if I let go like no one is yeah. gone yeah and it, it's like almost that victim mentality right. and I can be self-aware enough to admit that we can all kind of be victims sometimes right but it's like just pushing forward like it it seems like it's the harder choice when it's not yeah it's harder to hold on yeah because you really do in the same way we were talking about like mourning what you thought your future was going to be for your dream it's the same way of mourning who you were then and knowing like there will still be a piece of you that can validate that when you need it but in order to move into who you're meant to be, you also have to relinquish old identities. Yeah. Which is no, hard. yeah. It reminds me of what Gabby and I speak to a lot about in terms of manifestation of the how is not your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like we'll talk about you can want something for yourself and you can, you know, implement the steps to get there or the systems and the habits to support you on what your goal is. But how you always get there is not your fucking... You never know what life's going to throw you. Yeah. You yeah. don't need to know. You can have a little bit of a plan. Right. Yeah. God's probably laughing at you, but that's fine. Right, right, <laughs> right. But it's like, the, it's the same thing with looking back. Mm-hmm. Like the how and figuring out the how and why and this and that. Like, it'll keep you on the rut sometimes. Yeah. And it's not always your responsibility. Well, I'm learning to lean into the unknown now. Like, mm. even more so. I love that. especially, the, like, I told you the last two weeks, I had this, like, anxiety spiral of just, like, what is my life? Who yeah. am I? And I realized I had like the biggest, the biggest breakthroughs, self-worth attached to accomplishment. Mm. And <laughs> are we related? Are you guys the cousins? <laughs> like what's going on here? I'm like childhood trauma? Childhood yeah. trauma. Right. <laughs> no, but like it's, it was crazy because I was like, wow. Like I, I knew like deep down I had this problem, yeah. but it like hit me smack in the yeah. face. If this wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have been able to like feel you know, this feeling and be able to now be like, okay, I know what I'm talking about this week in therapy. Totally. Mm. Everything's nuanced. That's all we fucking talk about. Like everything we've been saying, it's all, we just live in the gray. I feel like the internet especially likes to make everything seem so black and white. And the truth is everything is gray. Which is like reinforces the point that I was saying earlier of like the, the point of all of this should not be for people to listen to this podcast and be like, they know best. It's like encouraging you Mm -hmm. listener to do the investigative research on yourself yeah, find you your thinking. own best yeah. yeah find your own exactly find your own best I yeah. love that and yeah. I love that's a really good segue into what I was going to bring up so I love what you guys said in I think it was your description or something on your podcast about how you aren't talking about these things because you already have it figured out or you, you want to have the conversation now mm-hmm. be, as you're going through the journey. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it's a philosophy that I've lived through in my socials too, because cool. I'm like, I feel like I started my journey like, Oh, I can't talk about these things cause I haven't solved them yet. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Healing from yeah. a scar versus a wound. Mm. We talk about that too. And like how that yeah. comes into play when we call it learning in real time. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I think for us, a lot of it originally stemmed from a place of negating cancel culture and the idea that how are you supposed to learn how to take accountability from your own mistakes and move forward if no one's showing you examples yeah and you're like too afraid to talk about them but there is that fine line especially when you're a public totally person mm-hmm. of how much of myself is healed enough that I can share this experience I'm going through in real time but also not trigger myself by sharing something I'm not ready to right it's a balance. yeah it's we a balance do. I think that's just part of knowing yourself and knowing your boundaries and for you know three women that talk about themselves to a degree like for their career you know it's we're always like oh we're open books for this and that but meadow and i like have very pretty clear lines of things that we know that we won't talk about and i think at the beginning of the podcast when we started in 2021 it was way harsher of a line where yeah, like yeah. I was like I will not talk until I have wrapped it in a bow mm-hmm. yeah. and can uh-huh. write a freaking like Sorry, thesis baby. on this I'm not talking about it and that's shifted a lot and it was Jesse Israel that came on our podcast yeah. and he was the one that that showed or talked about that idea of a scar versus a wound and 
I try and be very cognizant of that when I am sharing because at the same time, like, I mean, literally, the, the season finale that we just put out, I went on this whole diatribe about, about something and then completely contradicted myself and was like, it's the name of the show, it, baby. Where I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I was thinking about our editor. I was like, should Kay edit that out? Like, right. I have to email them and tell them to edit out. Like, I sound so dumb, this and this, da da da. da. And I'm like, no, but that's cool. like, people, Quite literally I, the point. I like <laughs> that people are able to hear me think out loud because yeah. that's literally what happened. And contradict yourself. And contradict myself. Yeah, I love that because, and not to bring this into like a business like point of view too, but I, the moment that I started growing, the moment people started to be able to relate to me and actually message me and like, we're like, I love that. You said that. Mm. I love that you told that story was the moment that I wasn't scared to have it figured out. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Because like, people see so themselves powerful. in you. Yes. It's, yeah. it's the most relatable thing you can do. And Absolutely. it's the most, I don't know how to say it. Like, it's almost like you're doing more good mm-hmm. by just talking about how you're confused yeah. or contradicting mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. You're opening like a door and telling them like, I am literally where you are too. I hope that what I'm saying, even mm-hmm. though I don't have it figured out, provokes you in some totally. way. Totally. I recently went to the rare beauty rare beauty had their first summit and i was fucking honored to be invited and i, I was went. supposed to go were so you sad. I know. okay well it was we were really we were good. supposed to be it was we destiny yeah exactly. it was really good and i told all the pr girls after i was like that was the best thing i've ever been to um but there were panelists talking about sort of this idea and how excited they were that you know there was so much vulnerability in the room and this is and this and one of the panelists, I can't remember her exact quote, but it was something along the lines of vulnerability does not need to equate you sharing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, it can be easier for us that like we've gotten accustomed to this or like your job, for example, content creating and it's part being relatable and having people feel like they know you is part of your job. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, maybe celebrities or other content creators were like, their through line and their why is like purely aesthetic and purely like aspirational and purely whatever. And they don't have to share, Mm -hmm. they don't have to share a thing. Being vulnerable can be like, can look so different. So it's just like, I want to make sure that as we move as a culture into more of this like collective conscious healing and being open and being vulnerable, that people don't, I don't want to scare people off, I guess is my point of like, you don't have to share on a podcast you don't have to share on your in order to be vulnerable exactly it's like being vulnerable at least for me the most vulnerable that I've been is like actually looking into my eyes in a mirror yeah because like how often do you actually look at yourself in a mirror you're just looking at everything on yourself like look at yourself in a mirror it's (laughs) frightening the first time you do it let me tell you (laughs) you're like hi me (laughs) what's going on there (laughs) it's weird but that for me like being my like little inner child with my boyfriend being that when I'm alone, being that with my friends that I love, like that is far more vulnerable for me than pressing upload on YouTube. Well, listening to a podcast yeah. like yours yeah. and like mine, that like that's an act of vulnerability. Like you're you're kind of listening to something, you're applying it to your life and you're being honest with yourself. Yeah. I would say most people who listen to podcasts, like you can't really ignore when someone's like shouting at you and it resonates like (laughs) you can pretend but you know that's an act of vulnerability is like being able to listen to something and acknowledge Mm. it and like apply it internally to your life totally did you watch this week's ted lasso no No. oh like last night's god damn yes no Mm. it's a there's a good inner child visualization example of looking in the mirror that happens (gasps) in a poignant way in a business perspective that i thought was so cool for them to show I guess the root of what that is, though, is what my mom always says to me is the biggest joke of adulthood is thinking that people have it figured out. Like, my mom's almost 70, and she still tells her kids, she works at an elementary school, and she still tells her kids, like, oh, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Like, you never have it. She's like, I look in the mirror and think I'm 30, and I'll be like, who's that old lady? And be like, oh, shit. It's like, you you always feel younger (laughs) than you are. Like, you never have it figured out. That's life's biggest joke. And so the more we all open up about that, like, how much easier (sighs) would it be to connect over that stuff rather than all feeling like we need to, like, put on this box or projection that we do have it figured. Like, that's so boring. It's so boring it's frankly boring it gives us an excuse to like live because a from a business perspective i think it's so smart to like let people in in yeah not saying like give your freaking ip and trade secrets over here i'm just saying like letting people in someone that does it really well alongside you mm -hmm, grow alongside you like for example meadow and i are about to go through like a 
giant rebrand for the podcast. And mini. Yeah. Whoa. Like we literally <laughs> all of our emails say like, whoa, mini whoa, whoa, at the whoa, subject whoa. line. <laughs> Through a, a mini rebrand. But it's it's it feels giant in my brain. I don't know why. Through a rebrand. And we were like, do we delete the feed? Do we and I'm, and we both were like, no. no. Like show the learning growth. in real time. Yeah. Show the growth. Like if it looks like a toddler did at the beginning, it's fine. Like show the growth, show the process. And I think it also that whole idea of like the work never ends, exactly. you know, vulnerability in exactly. different in different ways gives people or at least me permission to exist in the now so much more I was literally talking about this last night I was on the phone with my boyfriend and I was like I feel like my entire life I have been in a very very long pregame for my actual life <laughs> like I don't even know how else to say it like it that feels is the most you way to say that humanly possible. I love that. That's hilarious. Because ever since I was little, I, I never wanted to be in school. I wanted to work. I always wanted to work. I just, I see my mom and I just wanted to work. And then it was like, once I was able to work, it was like, I wanted to be, it's like, until I have the, you husband, want the, end the product. kids, yeah. the house, the business, where I can like sit back, feel safe and like see the pretty picture. That's when I'll be like, okay, time to start living. I think but, like, that we were like separated at first. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the synchronicities. Yeah. But that's not true. And that's been my promise. I just had my 27th birthday and that was like my promise and my commitment and my biggest wish for myself for this next year is to actually get to experience my life because I, I don't know how to say it. It's like, I feel like I literally have been like in a pregame for my life, but like this is my life. How I really, are you, Han? I'm 26. 26. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I really resonate with what you're saying because something I really caught on to recently because I I'm exactly the same is like if I keep living my life with just no satisfaction like no like wow you did good you're at a good place right now just continuing to be like the next the next the next like this is what I want I will never be satisfied also your life is gonna go away in a blink of an eye yeah well, well yeah. that's and you'll just never be content. Yeah. When you get to your goal, you'll be like, well, it's not good enough. Or not like it's enough. not exactly. the, goal or the goal gets higher. Yeah, the yeah. goal post is continuing to move. Yeah. yeah. Always. You're very Meadow is like this whole conversation, I've been like, everyone just needs to get themselves a meadow. Because you <laughs> really do you have such Well, a I got years on you. I'm twenty nine. Yeah. I got you a couple have years on you. A couple years on me. Yeah. But you are you are such you have such wild perspective and like whether it is, we talked about it recently, we were like, oh, it's a lot of the childhood trauma that was able to like yeah. either grow you up or just put you in a perspective where you were like, just, I mean, it's, you're a healer, you're a coach, like it's what you do, but. I it, was going to say, isn't she like a mental health coach? I know. <laughs> like, it's not like what yeah. you do. Yeah. yeah, no, but she, it's true. It's like finding, people ask us a lot about adult friendships yeah. and that is something that I've, like Meadow has set the bar so high for me that like any new friend coming in and again, I don't think, Oh, every, our standards are so high Our standards high are now. so high. I don't think every, I'm not every looking friend, for friends, frankly, but like I'm every so friend satisfied. has a different role. Like it's yeah. not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not looking course. for seven more Meadows in my life. Totally. Yeah. But the point is that like, I know baseline how I want to feel mm-hmm. and, and be respected and be respected mm-hmm. and feel safe enough to feel authentic and vulnerable and mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. that like, I literally journaled about this the other day where it was kind of an older reflection, but I used to be a huge people pleaser. And in the past couple of years, I've completely let that go. And the biggest reframe for me was how as a controlling person, people pleasing is a form of control Mm -hmm. because I can control the narrative I want you to see of me. So if you reject me, it's not my authentic me. It's like the box I wanted to project to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about how no wonder I felt more isolated when I was people pleasing because I'm never letting people actually see the real me. So they're connecting to someone that I'm not even them. Exactly. So it just leaves you feeling more and more and more isolated. Yeah. That was me my whole entire life. Like I remember I would get in right when I went to Hoffman, I was going through like a really intense moment with friends and it was like, there were so many pivotal moments throughout my life where it was like intense moment with friends that like, yeah, like a lot of it was caused by me. And, but then I'd look around and be like, but why does it, no one understand where I'm coming from? And why does no one understand me? And I'm like, oh my God, cause you are moving so inauthentically. You never because, showed like, yourself. I never showed myself to these people. I, oh, and it, it wasn't. <laughs> the eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like I put like up a yeah. No, seriously. I put up like, I put up the most giant wall and I would yeah. do the same thing dating where it was the same thing so when we would break up or i'd inevitably get hurt i was like you i've bro i found my hoffman 
pamphlet that like you have to fill out like hours and hours of work before you go and like it's wild these coaches memorize everything about you so like when you get there you're in like small groups they're like oh yeah they know all your parents names like they know everyone in your family like they know you don't have to sit there and explain and I don't remember one of the questions like what the prompt was but my answer (laughs) typed in ink like it looked so bleak it was like if people can't see me and people don't know me they cannot hurt me and that was just like that was it for me and that's the way that I moved with my friends it's the way that I moved in romantic relationships even with my family so when I woke up at 22 graduating from college being like no one knows me and I feel so fucking isolated but I'm surrounded by millions of people or like they maybe didn't hurt you but you hurt you like I was just like why why does I don't get it I don't get it I don't get it I'm like oh my god because you're moving so inauthentically like you're not being you yeah because of scare people are not going to like you of accept you of hurt you of whatever it is so it's like whether it's people pleasing or you're putting up a front of like being this like tough bitch like whatever your version of doing it is like it's just it's so not worth it it's so not worth it it's like that battle of like that we kind of touched on like i feel like we we trick ourselves into thinking that the the healing Mm -hmm. and the showing up as ourselves like as your actual authentic self putting vulnerability first rather than a wall we trick ourselves into thinking that that is the harder choice exactly mm. yeah, there's yeah, maybe yeah. a little bit of you risk. know why because it's unknown yeah yes, it's unknown, yeah. It's unknown. Yeah. there may be a little bit of risk like you of you course. are risking like getting hurt but it hurts yourself your soul your body mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. to do the opposite it's oh my god so and true. then like i i love talking about relationships and like that whole thing but i was telling meadow recently where like i went through you know, like over a year ago, this like situationship that just like fucked with me. And it, it was, was like always the situation. Like, yeah, exactly. I yeah. didn't like, we were Limbo. not even dating. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 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 And <laughs> the definition, but it messed with me so hard. And I was telling Meadow recently, I was like, I think it fucked with me so hard because I was moving, not like me. Like I was letting right. other people kind of influence me. And I was just, it was like a point of like frantic, weakness almost is what it felt like where I just like was so lost that I just looked around I lost my intuition I looked around and said what are these five people telling me to do and I'm going to sum it up and that's what I'm going to do and it was so yeah. not me you ignored your and toolbox I, like, totally. I ignored my totally. toolbox and I Great was way to say that mortified like and that's why it has stuck with me because this person is the most relevant person on planet earth like it doesn't matter it's not about the person it's the low-hanging fruit to point to like you were moving so inauthentically and I was so embarrassed after because I was like that's not me. Ah, like yeah. I, I projected the like most not me version and like someone else saw. And now it's like, it also gave me the pat on the back of like, oh my God, bitch, you would have, you would have chosen that 10 over 10 times, 10 out of 10 times to them actually seeing you. Like, and I now look back, I'm like, I would have much rather have like been me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then them said no. Mm-hmm. And me felt like, okay, well then it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's that moment like after you've done like the big healing journey, like <laughs> the journey's long and it's ever, it's ever changing. One of the big chapters. Forever, the yeah, big yeah, yeah. chapter, like yeah. the initial, like, what is it called when you're writing a book? Like the, the, the climax the cl- yeah. or the one before the rising, the rise. No, what is it? I don't know. <laughs> like the rising incident. Oh, right? okay, okay. Like okay, right okay. before yeah. the climax yeah, 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 right? yeah, where right. you like are like, Oh shit. And it's like, like the it's, big, off. it's yeah. the big one. Yeah. And you like wake up and you're like, yes, I'm healed. And you like almost are on this pedestal of like, nothing can hurt me. And then you kind of like backtrack and you get yourself yeah. into a situation. But what's beautiful about that is that like after you're now sitting here, like I totally did this. I felt so ashamed. Mm-hmm. I backtracked and that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really speaking to like your healing journey Thank and you. where you are <laughs> because it is, sh- it, we do feel ashamed, especially mm-hmm. when we like backtrack or like backpedal. Yeah. But it's also like, I'm trying to get better at like when I have those moments to be like, wow, well like you would have never known that that was a backpedal. Exactly. Like, and that's back- why we say healing yeah. isn't linear. Yeah. Cause that backpedaling doesn't look like taking step backwards when you're already over here yeah you know what I mean mm-hmm. it looks like like I wouldn't have even recognized you know what I mean yeah. yeah you wouldn't even recognize it's a little it. dance yeah. the healing never stops it's just progression absolutely always. Mm-hmm. absolutely 
I don't ever want to stop. No. Like, no, we don't, the point's not to be self-actualized. The point's, we're human. We're here to have the human experience. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be a fucking guru. <laughs> I want to keep going forever. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah. that's not this journey for no. any of us. It keeps yeah. life interesting. It keeps life interesting. I want to be able to sit down with Meadow when we're 50 years old and be like, guess what fucking shit happened to me yesterday? Yeah. And like, yeah. sit exactly. and gossip with you. Like, I want that. I was reading, um... Sam, the CEO of Mayfair's post love her. Um, yesterday. Love um, Hi, I Sam. have it. I know she's probably not listening, but I love you. She, you might. Might. she might. She's oh. my, she's one of my besties. Oh my God. Yeah, Sam, she's we so love you. cool. She's well, the best. Sam, you don't know me, but you are so fucking cool. <laughs> um, but I know. love what she said. And I feel like it kind of has to do with what we were talking about that you said, where you were talking about like how advocacy has many forms. Cause mm. I think that's really what we're talking about here at the totally. end of the day is just totally. being relatable, being vulnerable, being able to say when like I backtracked, being able to be like how she's talking about, like this is mental health awareness month and I can't even like cope right now because exactly. of what I'm going mm. through and I feel like I'm not showing up. Can you exactly. talk a little bit more about it? Cause I think it's totally. so powerful. Totally, totally, totally. The way in which I was talking about it to Sam was transitioning from going from traditional nonprofit mental health work I did, used to do the job that my current fiance does now, which is literally running a homeless clubhouse down here in downtown San Diego for folks who are experiencing a mental illness and homelessness or wow. at risk of homelessness. So going from the most in the trenches direct service to like talking about my triggers online. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, I'm not doing shit. Yeah. Like it, it took, it's such a different form of advocacy, but it took so long for me to, kind of have the self-worth or wherewithal or reframe in order to believe that I was still bringing value and still helping other people piece things out, but in a monumentally different way. Cause I couldn't do that way. Yeah. My fiance is a fucking powerhouse. Oh my God. He I comes love that. Best, best, man, love best man you'll ever meet. I'm like, he comes home a and flips front. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes, we'll talk about it. Um, but I, he, he's so able to, compartmentalize in a beautiful way that still he shows up his with his full heart open mm-hmm. and so empathetic and like I couldn't do that and I it I it's just that reframe of of showing up in a space that you really care about but differently than how you saw it right that's yeah, love that. we were talking about earlier and so I had to go through that and then again even with coaching like the amount of shadow work I had to do to even claim coach was yeah you did nuts it took me what a year like when we first met you were like I talked shit on life yeah. coaches openly listen to an old podcast like mm-hmm. I trash them you're like and now I think they're the future <laughs> no literally and now I think they're the future because of so many different reasons but just letting go of like these old mental health narratives that I was kind of like raised in this like APA therapy kind of like old mm-hmm. school very clinical perspective and then looking back at my own healing and my own power and how much spirituality played a role. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's existential concepts and feelings that we struggle with that old school therapy modalities frankly don't support you on. Yeah. And I think there's a level like the tools talks about higher forces mm-hmm. and collective consciousness. And these are psychotherapists, by the way. And these are psychotherapists that are saying this, but I think there's this, I mean, we're seeing it with all the, you know, ketamine therapy and mushrooms and all that jazz. Like there's this integration between psychology and spirituality it's that I think wet dream come true. It's my wet dream come <laughs> true. It, it's it's going to be what breaks this crisis yeah. of mental health. But it, this is an entire, I'm going off on a tangent. The point is to say that advocacy can look so different in yeah. so many different ways and really meeting yourself where you're at for mm-hmm. your strengths and what you can provide to the world, what fills you up, what you can give back, and being able to like pivot that or not place your value or your self-worth in the way you saw it before. Like it's been a, such a fucking journey for me, but I do feel a lot better about it. Because recently. I always tell you people are. too, I had someone in an interview the other day ask me um, if I thought the influencer market was oversaturated. I think mm. you can argue both. Mm-hmm. But I said no. I decided mm-hmm. to answer no. Mm-hmm. And I said because no one can show up as you. Exactly. And that's right. exactly how and I feel. And it's the same thing that you're yeah. talking about. Like you are you and that's your biggest gift. It's your biggest yeah. asset. Yeah. And the way you show up to talk about what you're passionate about, what you feel your mission is, what you feel is your totally. purpose is going to look different and it's going to mm-hmm. look like you yeah and so even for me like I remember in the beginning I'm like how the hell am I supposed to (laughs) integrate fashion and mental health right but I realized that just showing up confidently and encouraging people Mm -hmm. to show up unapologetically like as themselves and feel confident in whatever they're wearing whatever they're doing self-expression is mental health exactly yeah and also showing up 
vloggy style on stories and yeah. talking about the things that I'm going yeah. through, talking about the highs, talking about the lows, making sure I'm covering both. Absolutely. And you can still compartmentalize like how we talked about. There's mm-hmm. still lines that I hold. Like I'm not going to talk Energetic about like, boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just like if I haven't dabbled into that journey at all, like right. in therapy, I'm not going to like openly talk of about course. it. Totally. But I at least feel like there's a, there's a door that's been opened where I feel like I can talk about anxiety and depression when I'm feeling it, the journey I've been through. We can talk on here on the podcast about all these different things without fear of, you know, judgment because I'm just like, well, you don't want to be here. Just leave. Well, and the kind of what you're saying earlier, isn't it so wild how the second you crack that door open, how many people flood to that energy? Yeah. It, it validates the experience of choosing the or so much because you crack that and sure, maybe some people will drop off because they're not used to you being your authentic you and that doesn't resonate with them. and that's okay but the amount of people that start flooding to that just immediately shows you like oh there is something here like people are dying to be seen in this way Mm -hmm. so someone like us that's public facing that's willing Mm -hmm. to do that first just it's like you can't understate the the strength of being seen or the power to like see someone especially with like mental health and just like being human in general I feel like there's always this like weird misconception that you have to like have had this battle with depression or anxiety to like even talk about this kind of stuff when there's no everyone has the same feelings you're all the same range of emotional (laughs) experience at Hoffman when I walked in and like literally I became friends with a few women the first day and I was the youngest person there by like eh, I think the second youngest was like 27 but I was 22 and I remember like looking around and there were people were like my parents were trigger warning like parents were addicts or they were abusive or like you know all these things and I was like <laughs> like, like you I'm know here. yeah I was like well I'm here and I you know yeah. whatever but and they were all the first people to turn to me and look at me and say don't devalue that do, do not devalue it because everything is relative you didn't grow up yep. in my house I didn't yep. grow up in your house yep. I don't understand your trauma you don't understand my trauma and that's fine and yeah. it's the same emotion yeah it's we all the same, the same emotion. emotion. So whether the context is different, coping through the same emotions, mm-hmm. the same process is the same. Well, it's mm-hmm. the same when like you're complaining to like a friend about something so stupid, but it's like really bothering you and like their family member is like deathly sick or something. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's like that vibe of like, I'm sorry, like I don't mean to talk about this, but mm-hmm. it's like, no, like especially when you're, you're representing yourself as a support system, which I think right. we are right. Like right. you're having a platform. Like I, especially for me, it is a level of like, I want to be a support system. I yeah. want to be a voice of like, you're not alone. You can't like really measure people's the think, oppression Olympics. Like yeah. when is yeah, that ever go? You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not doing that. You're I, not doing yeah. That. I think there's a beauty with, and I've talked about it before. Like there's a beauty about podcasts that I think really makes you think like, damn, I think my life is so hard right now. And look what this person just went through. Like that mm. I can do it too. I see it a lot on social media when like celebrities will get attacked for sharing something difficult that. they went through or sh- I don't I first of all we talk about this all the time like we think it's so fucking weird when people have like such visceral reactions to people they don't know like yeah. like celebrities or opinions on their yeah. life or beef with others so it's like it's really cute that you think you have any idea what their life yeah. is I like. agree but I, even when I, I see s- those comments of just like how dare they or even influencers I'll see like how dare they have there was this girl I can't remember her name she's like a gorgeous beauty influencer on tiktok i think i know who you're talking makeup. about and she left coachella a day early and do you know what i'm talking about I, yeah you know i think name? so What's no i can't remember anyway you're very talented um and she's like a really young she's like probably 23 22 mm-hmm. and she left coachella a day early because she was like i was really whatever something along the lines of like i was really anxious i was really overwhelmed and like whatever and people attacked her in the comments like you're so fucking ungrateful that like a brand brought you out here and like you have free ticket and you're rich and this and that and you're choosing to leave like you're so ungrateful and she like posted a story or a, a tiktok like the next day being like so i think my tiktok fell on the wrong side of the internet because um, <laughs> i'm not really sure what's going on and it's like i see these comments and like listen there is a way as a public facing person to move with respect yeah or to move where like you're not so completely detached from reality like right you know no totally but at the end of the day i think like the through line with all these conversations the way that I see it and I just see it as like this invisible string that's connecting us is to remind us that at the end of the day you're human you're human Mm -hmm. the person watching is a human like Mm -hmm. we're all human beings not me about to quote like Prince Harry but I'm pretty (laughs) sure Pretty sure that like in an interview that he did I don't know if it was like a magazine interview or whatever but he basically said like you can pass however many people like on the street and you have literally no like they're all living an equally if not more complex life than you Absolutely. and how fucking yeah. crazy is that to think about yeah. Yeah. yeah so I think that's the point is not like 
my it's like it's not the oppression olympics it's it's just to be like you're a human being too let's all have a little bit more empathy yeah. and and move us as a collector's conscious a little bit more that direction mm-hmm. to just be that. like a little bit more empathetic and compassionate and like show other. up and see the human in someone else first not literally whatever projection mm-hmm. or identity mm-hmm. or assumption or judgment that you mm-hmm. make on them yeah, yeah. This has been a really good conversation, you oh guys. God, this we talked forever. I know. I was like, that could have been ten minutes or an yeah. hour and a half. And I, I have can't no idea. stop thinking about how I want to be your guys' friends. Like, we actually hang out friends. with you. Like, no, we are friends out. now. Now that Easily. I know you're in San Diego and you're two against one, now you're gonna have to come out here more. For, For the, the love of God, <laughs> the amount of times that I go to LA in a month, I'm like. I know, dude. I'm on my drive Sorry. here, and I, like for a moment, I was like, "God, two hours." And then I was like, "Don't say a word to Meadow." We have cute little work dates. I it's gonna be a that. blast. I'm I know. So I need San Diego friends. <sighs> all so my friends excited. live in LA. Literally all of them. Well, yeah, all four of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I actually am really glad you brought up friendship in the podcast because I, for a while, I finally got over this and like feel strong about it, but. I used to be so insecure that I like couldn't make friends and then I didn't have any friends. And I think it's because I am very picky because I don't like surface level friendships. I don't like friendships that feel like this conversation. We don't want it. Yes, (laughs) exactly. I want, I'll counter that. Sometimes I'm like, I don't, I just want to shoot the shit with someone. I have, I have friends that are in certain tiers. Oh, for sure. I have friends that are in certain tiers. Like best friends. Right. 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 But even with my best friends, like I can be like, I kind of want today to be light. Like yeah, just so oh, you yeah. know, of course, of course. but like, yeah. I want to be able to have these types of conversations. Yeah. I want to like For have sure. friendships with women who like are running their shit, going after their dreams, like yeah. trying to find Quality their purpose. Quality over quantity. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's why you that's keep the circle tight as a, in your twenties is not really hard. everybody no, that, that like literally entering my thirties. I'm just figuring it out. Like twenties friendships. Yeah no wild it's a little scary it's scary i just constantly remind myself like not everybody deserves access to you yeah Mm, that's good we also compartmentalize friendships well like you kind of were saying at the beginning like i'm not if i know i'm going through you know whatever situation Mm -hmm. like i don't always go to the same friends for different things or you can be like bring out different aspects of yourself and different passions that you have with different people like never put your eggs in one basket it's not not fair to the other person yeah it's not fair to you exactly Exactly. like not one person can be your everything you know exactly yeah, but we're having everyone. work play dates now yeah i work love it yeah. okay before we end i ask everyone who's on the podcast i feel like gabby you kind of answered this already okay. but i ask yeah. everyone like how they see it i have an immediate answer so do i okay go well mine was it's because somebody asked us for our season finale somebody asked us what lesson we learned yeah. this year and yeah. it's my same answer is that sometimes i actually do have the answers yeah i love that and I'm really, really honing in on my intuition. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's great to network and I think it's great to outsource when you can, but n- knowing intuitively that like I've got me, like no one else has got me and that I like, I know, like mm-hmm. I, I know I trust. That's, that's, that's how I see it these days. I, I always that. say that like hardship and like all of it has, is just wisdom yeah. and I feel like we cut ourselves short a lot like I'm trying now whenever I feel like that like spew of like I don't know if I can do this I'm always like mm, play back rewind play back from like mm-hmm. everything you've been through mm-hmm. and worked through mm-hmm. and the work you've put in like you're more than capable yeah, and how many times did you think I won't get through this yeah and you do here yeah. we are how I see it's kind of similar same same but different I we're human beings having a human experience yeah I was in the car coming home from being with you for your birthday I haven't Mm -hmm. even told you this yet (laughs) which is wild for us I know um I I caught myself do two things the other day up in LA that on my way home I was like wow those are so not myself so not how I see myself or how I want to project myself out and at first I got really down on myself and felt really guilty Mm -hmm. and felt but, and I, so I called in my authentic self and was like, what would you say to me? And I literally watched my authentic self smile at me and be like, babe, you're a human having a human experience. Oh, like, yeah, you make chills. mistakes. Like, I love that. like just smiling at me and being like, that's so cute. Yeah. You may, of course, of course you do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're going to make a mistake. This doesn't end. It's okay. Forgive yourself and move on. I love that you said that though, because like I told you guys, I kind of had like a little bit of like fear of what I was feeling right. last, the last right. couple of weeks. And one of my best friends was like, it's normal to feel like anxiety exactly. you know that mm-hmm. right exactly and i was like just freaking out because i was like, like i never want to go back to that anxious feelings yes and not, and not have, anxiety. have anxiety and i was freaking out though i was yeah. like freaking yeah, out i was like oh course. my god i was like yeah. this is seeping in again because like obviously that was like a really dark time for me mm-hmm. but she was yeah. like it's the human experience yeah. to have anxiety it is it and is. like it's 
it's it's not that serious, babe. Like it, it's you're okay. Like yeah. it's okay. We're all we say that to each other sometimes. We're like, frankly, it's not that deep. It's just yeah, not it's that not deep. Sometimes. Deep. sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Well, I think when we're like deep people, like sometimes we try to like make everything you pull so intense. A bit. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. Ha- oh, like I thought this for five seconds. Like I must be having like a yeah. fucking transcendental <laughs> yeah. experience. Yeah, <laughs> literally. But I'm yeah. so happy you guys this came was on. So fun. This has been this so our full. first podcast together in person. This is a big deal. Oh my Go God, team. Love that. Go and, team. and we weren't even weird. And live. We're weird when we record in person. I feel like we weren't even. We were even, not weird. We were not weird. Look at us. Go team. Weird. Uh, I can't wait for part two for you to come on our podcast. Yes, I was just going to say, so we're pod swapping, you guys. So I'm going to be going on their podcast. But if you guys want to, before we sign off, I want you to share your socials and the pod socials so people can check you out. Okay. You can find me everywhere. My username is at Gabby, G-A-B-Y. My last name is Uyoa for no one who knows how to say it. U-L-L-O-A underscore. Yep. And then the podcast is at Thoughts May Vary Pod. And, and you're on, on Apple and Spotify, right? We're on yeah. Apple, anywhere you find your podcast and on YouTube. And on YouTube. And I'm at It's Meadowlark. Love it. Which is one word. Everyone thinks Lark is my last name. It's like William and Will. Meadowlark is my full name. Not Med. And then I go not, me. not Med. Not, not Med. Not me. Meadow. Meadow or Meadowlark. Mm-hmm. It's Meadowlark. Come hang with us. Yeah, Thank come you guys say hi. so much. Thank you. This, this so is fun. so fun. Yay. I can't wait to have you on ours. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you leave here feeling motivated and inspired. Do not forget to rate and review the pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow How I See It Pod so you can keep up with podcast updates and see who's coming on next. And if you're not already, come join the fam and follow at How Hand Sees It. Thank you guys. <laughs>